right. Well, welcome to Shellyville. My name is Michelle Clear, and I am the host of Shellyville. And tonight, I am so honored to be sitting next to this lovely couple. Got Justin on one side of me and Chloe, his wife, next to me. And tonight, we're going to talk about parenting. Now, I really want to disclose a little bit about parenting and why they want to even talk to me. One thing, as a therapist, um, we have to work within our scope of practice, and I do not see children. So I do see families. I do see parents. But I don't actually, I'm not a behavioralist with kids. So some questions I will have to defer to the experts. <laughs> that, that's not me. But I am definitely willing to ask a lot of questions. You know, I'd be willing to, to do my best at answering your parenting questions. And um, so who wants to start? I'll start. Okay, um, of course you do. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, I got to bring this in. And I and I appreciate you, you know, doing this because I've been bugging Chloe to come on my podcast for two years. I'd it's talk true. about something, <laughs> a- anything. Just I, I think it'd be fun. We should do it. And then a week ago, I just had this idea. I was like, hey, like Michelle wants to have you. On. Well, I kind of lended some credibility, but I was like, Michelle wants you to come on her podcast. Me. And Chloe's like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, great. Awesome. She so. needed support. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm here for you. Yeah. So in thinking about it, one of the things that we talked about is that, that we have learned a lot as parents, too. So there are going to be a handful mm-hmm. of things that I want, like, I want your take on. And then there are sure. a few things that I'm going to ask you. And it's some things that we've already worked through with our kids. And okay. then just to see, like, what your thoughts are and maybe adding to it. And then maybe we'll just come up with some random hypotheticals to work through too. So Excellent. that's kind of my goal of what I wanted to accomplish by doing this. So. All right. As long as you know yes. that my children are 25 and 21 yep. and my success as a parent was if they went to bed alive every night. Okay. <laughs> so so that's the, that's the, that's the menu that I, I went off of as a parent that if I kept my kids alive, I was having a really successful day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just so you know, <laughs> good. That's how most of our days feel. So. <laughs> good. See, then I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess my first question is, um, it will talk about like age gaps. Okay. So let's say you have a, um, a five-year-old kid who has been the only child, not only just like in your family, but like in like your, like my external family, like my extended parent. family, yes, yep. extended family, yep. like the first grandbaby that's in Michigan. Big deal. Um, so, Big deal. and then new baby comes along when the oldest is five and all of the attention shifts to the new baby. Um, walk me through like what it's like to work with parents who might think that, um, you know, maybe my kid is, you know, struggling because of lack of attention or isn't feeling adequate. Like what are some things that you recommend? Well, first of do? all, that's true. Yes. <laughs> Let's be honest. I have a sister that's three years older than me. She still regrets my birth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hello, this is not something that just goes away. Yeah. Uh, the reality is that you talk to that child. The, the, the most important thing with any child is that you recognize where the kid's at. Five years of age is a pretty good age to have start having that conversation about how do you feel? Do you feel left out? Are you jealous of your baby brother? A lot of times a five-year-old will regress and start acting like a younger kid because they want that attention. So a lot of times I look at the behavior, but really there's nothing you can do about it other than including that five-year-old, still making that child feel important, but also teaching your child that There is now someone else to love in the family. And this is good news for everybody. And you are included in that excitement. 
So that's kind of where I would go. It's a lot about educating. All right. Do you have anything yet? Yeah. Um, I really noticed that shift in Claire Mm -hmm. um, when Josie was born and the regression was Mm -hmm. very much um, noticeable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just you validating that (laughs) just feels good. So thank you. You're welcome. Because people forget. You think, no, it's a little kid. No, they want the attention. I mean, I remember my sweet little daughter beating my son like you can't hit the baby but (laughs) there is something that happens with children with and there's jealousy and that's a natural and normal development but also the recession like you said it's like they just regress but if you're a good mom or a good dad and you're talking you brought her right back didn't you yeah yeah didn't last very long did it (laughs) she made it we did we all did so that's a good one Yeah. yeah yeah it doesn't take very long to bring the the child back to where they like their baseline. Yeah. But it's an adjustment for you as mom and dad, but it's an adjustment for the, for the child too. And it's, if you recognize that, I think it makes the transition a lot easier. Yeah. I think, um, adding to that too, we were in the pandemic, so (laughs) it was 2020, May, 2020 Mm -hmm. when Josie was born. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of that regression maybe it had to do with the isolation too and yeah. not being in school and yep. not, not having her own hobbies probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything was about the baby because the baby's not going anywhere. Yep. It's yeah. like, I'm this shit child leaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. It's time to pick it up now. <laughs> Someone come get the kid. <laughs> yeah. So kind of on, on that same topic, um, parenting gets really frustrating in mm-hmm. those moments of, you know, recognizing their regression. Right. Um, and kind of pulling them back in. I've noticed that there's kind of this trend of gentle parenting and I don't want to maybe (laughs) call it a trend, but that's maybe what a lot of parents are kind of shifting towards these days. Um, what's your take on gentle parenting? This is so hard. (laughs) All right. I'm going to be honest as a parent that was raised by crazy Italians. <laughs> I did not have gentle raising. Okay. <laughs> and I just want to be really clear. Yeah. Clarify that. Uh-huh. So I was raised under the, you know, kids were looked at. You can't talk back. Yeah. Whatever. Uh-huh. Well, I wanted a different approach with my children. Obviously, I wanted to do it better. So I wanted to go with the gentle parenting. And my doctor was really kind to suggest a book called Elegant Parenting. And I don't have the name of the author, and I really wish I do, but I highly recommend this book. Joe's getting that pulled up right now. Please do. It's Elegant Parenting. And it was all about that gentle, like, if you want to be respectful, if you want your kids to be respectful, you have to act that way first. And so I do believe in gentle parenting, but I'm also very old school, and I do believe that discipline is a form of love. Mm -hmm. You got a name for me, Joe? Beth Gall. Okay. Yes. And I read this book. It's beautiful. I don't even know if it's still in print, but it's all about excellent. Yeah. Because I think there's something about that gentle parenting. It's very important, Mm -hmm. but I'm still really old school. And I think raised with old school traditions, I don't want to hit my kids, but I believe some really firm timeouts and discipline Mm -hmm. are needed. Yes. Needed. Did you notice a difference between, I mean, every kid is different, right? Mm -hmm. But the way 
that you disciplined or parented each of your kids? Like, oh, is that a real it's thing? Like, it's like night and day, people. <laughs> We're opening up a can of worms here. Oh, you really are. You guys, are you sure you want me here? I'm so glad this is my show yep. because this is my perception. My children were night and day. My daughter was the definition of kind, sweet, gentle, blah, blah, blah. She was perfect. Then comes my son. And he's not any of those things. He's not gentle. He's, oh my gosh. And so you have to parent your children differently. Anyone that says that they're parenting their kids the same are not paying attention to that their kids are different. Because I literally had two different children. Yeah. And I had to parent them differently. Strong discipline did not work with my daughter because she didn't need it. Yeah. And gentle parenting worked really well with her because she could relate to that. Now, Jackson liked gentle parenting, but he also laughed at it. He thought it was entertaining. He's like, oh, is this what we're doing right now? I'm not following that, but thanks. That sounds like a great idea, mom. I'll see you in 15 minutes, you know. (laughs) My kid put me through every torture there was as a mom. So... Yeah, I believe in gentle parenting, but you have to discipline the child that is in front of you, not the one that's in your head that you think you have. You have to discipline the kid that's actually in front of you. Yeah, it's so funny, too, because our, our kids couldn't be more different. Right. And and I, for an example, and this happened tonight and it was hilarious. <laughs> Claire is like is super sensitive with spicy things to the point of mm-hmm. like pepper in her food is too spicy. Right. And then Jojo reached her her chunky little hand up on the counter (laughs) and grabbed a Serrano pepper off of the counter and was like, and and I'm like, Jojo, you you don't want to eat that here. Give it to me. And she just looked at, looked up at me with this like indignant, like F you look. (laughs) And it was just like, I'm going to do what I want. And she starts like nibbling on it. I was like, all right, you're going to figure this out. That kid ate the whole damn thing and didn't like didn't phase her <laughs> at all. Now that could be because she's defiant, or she be. really likes peppers. I, maybe she likes spicy stuff. I did not know kids liked spicy things, but it didn't phase her whatsoever. So, and you're thinking I'm doing you a favor? Yeah, I'm like, well, you're gonna learn, and then she's just like, no, I actually didn't learn anything. This is. This is good. So but this is teaching you how to parent. <laughs> yep. Our kids teach us how to parent. Mm-hmm. It's not the opposite. Interesting. They're teaching us. I've never heard anybody say that before. That's an interesting thing yeah. because a lot of times with parenting is like, okay, I'm the adult. It, I'm, an, I'm doing this. It's my way or the highway. Mm, and there's not a lot of adaptability make. there. I think one of the greatest things that we do as humans is that we underestimate the intelligence of children. And I think your children are born brilliant. And then we beat the dumb. We beat them till they're dumb. (laughs) Like, I mean, (laughs) they are brilliant. And she taught you. She schooled you. I guess so. (laughs) I was I was kind of like waiting. I was I was a little disappointed, actually, because I was waiting for like "Ah, spicy. But no, no, nothing. No, that's JoJo's awesome. built different. <laughs> and so you have to treat her different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. that's just it. And I really think that the temperament of our children will teach us what they need better. Yeah. So like I said, my kids were very different, very different temperaments. And so you can have the same values. You can have the same wants for your children, but you still have to reach the kid where the kid's at. Mm. So they can be different. 
Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. You're welcome. I have another question kind of on the same topic, but let's say you're like the new parent, maybe a first child and you've got, you know, like a four five, six, seven year old, some, something in that range. And the kid is starting to have like interests in things, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, dance, ballet, sports, art, like, and maybe your kid latches onto something that you just don't really care about. What are some, like, is there any exercise? And this is, I'm going to say this like bluntly, Mm -hmm. but like, is there any exercises that you can do to like make yourself care more about the things that your kids care about? (laughs) Well, I think they discovered alcohol a while ago. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. I don't think I can say that. (laughs) You write me a prescription for that? (laughs) Yeah, really? No, that one's free. Uh, Oh my goodness. And that's a great question. And honestly, that's another one of those fake it till you make it. The reality about being interested, it's, it's unrealistic. It's like you, we talked about relationships last week. You don't care mm-hmm. about sports. Very true. Mm-hmm. Why would you force yourself to sit there and pretend that you're going to like something? I think it's perfectly normal to say, Hey, mom's not into this, but I'm glad you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, be honest. I think the yeah. biggest thing we make, we're making mistakes. Tell our kids that we're not interested in it. I don't think it hurts their feelings and maybe it does, but still show up. Mm-hmm. The reality is that our kids want us to be involved, but they don't want us to be involved in the way that we have to sit down and play the game with them. They want to know you care, but they don't need to have you out on the soccer field playing soccer with them. Does that make sense? Interesting. So you're saying I don't need to buy ballet shoes and a no. tutu. Well, okay. you know, no. <laughs> but if you want to knock yourself out, I mean, that might be entertaining. <laughs> I don't think so. Nobody, we're just walking around in tights that. for like two hours. <laughs> that so. is true. I was. But <laughs> oh, I missed that. that. See, that's this. Okay, anyways. <laughs> That'll be bonus content. We'll put that in the outtakes reel. <laughs> we, are, we are definitely going to have to have an outtake. Yeah. I love it. Love it. No, you can't. You can't always be interested in everything that your kids are, but that's okay. That they just want to know that you're there. They just want to know that you're there. Good. I like okay. that answer. Okay. Do you have anything? I mean, I feel like that's very common for all relationships. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yep. You want to show respect. You want to be interested in the way that says, okay, that's, you know, I'm glad that you're, there's something you like, but I don't have to do it with you. I think one of the things, too, that I always... I believe as a parent, as well as what I teach is independence is very important. And so we're teaching our children to be independent. Well, that means separate from us. Mm-hmm. So I want you to have different interests. I want you to have different hobbies. I don't want you to recreate my life. I've already lived my life. Yeah. So I find, and this is an interesting topic because I do see a lot of adults. This is a topic that comes up in adulthood with adults that are entrenched with their parents. There are adult children out there that are still being parented in their 30s because of this kind of crossover that we don't have boundaries with our families. Mm. And so this is something that might come up later if you're not really consistent now with your kids. Interesting. You don't want to parent your kids when they're 30. Mm -mm. Nope. So that could be something that, you know, you think about. Yeah. Kind of going off of that, um, 
how, if you have a parent who comes to you who was maybe raised in a home that they don't want to raise their own child in. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, do that a lot. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So, well, not awesome. But <laughs> um, it could be or not. Yeah. Both. <laughs> so what are some of the things that you see that parents kind of carry over from the way that they were parented? A lot of times it's so subtle. You would be surprised. It could be a defense mechanism. It could be a sense of humor. It could be um, the biggest one I think I get is criticism. A lot of adults I see have been criticized very subtly from their parents. Like you're not smart enough or you can't take that class or do it this way. Or, you know, that was really stupid what you just did. Those little jabs Mm -hmm. stay with people. And so as adults, they get older and they come in and they're like, you know, I have kids and all I ever heard from my mom and dad was that I'm stupid. And now I find myself when I'm angry with my kids, I'll say that I'll repeat that you're stupid and it makes me feel so guilty. Mm. But so it's really hard to unlearn some defense mechanisms. And so that's a lot of work that we have to do with people individual. Once you're healthy with self, you have a better chance of not parenting like your parents. But you really have to recognize there are things that we got from our parents that are absolutely ingrained in us. It's part of our personality. I mean, we have, I read a research article that we develop our relationship with money based on how successful our parents were when we were three years old. So if you come from a solid foundation as a three-year-old, you have a better chance of having a solid relationship with money. So this is like, it's a big deal how we raise our kids. Yeah. So a lot of families that I have are abandoned parents or they work too much or, you know, there was a lot of criticism. So really the the only way to counteract that is to question yourself, like, am I being honest? Am I being respectful? Am I giving my client or my kids what they deserve, what they need from me? Mm. But we're also parenting in moments of emotion And so I think one of the most important things we can do as adults to teach our children how to regulate their emotions is for us to regulate. Like if I'm in a bad mood, I do not need to be parenting in a moment. Like give me a minute. So I think that's just really, that's a big one. So you're saying like mom timeouts are just as important. (laughs) Just as important. Okay. Yes. Yes. I don't think mom should go to her bedroom and, you know, leave for 12 hours, but <laughs> yes. know, if, I'm, if it's 15, 20 minutes and yeah. I'm like, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. You know, I mean, I need, we need timeouts and that's a perfect way to teach our kids that, you know what, I'm still working on regulating my emotions. I'm still trying to get myself under control. And that's really what parenting is about. Recognizing that these are emotional moments that we're parenting but that we do want to be that voice of authority. Well, I can't be the voice of authority if I'm having a panic attack or if I'm in a really angry space. Yeah. So that's how we teach our children. That's the gentle parenting, I think. Yeah. You know, get yourself under control. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) What does the gentle parenting book say about bare butt spanks? I don't know. I didn't read that article. <laughs> it's probably a doable. Maybe you should have underwear or pants on. I don't know. Yeah. Probably not open-handed. I don't know. Uh, you know, don't leave a mark. I think uh, it's don't okay. leave a mark. As long as there's yeah. no welts, then yes, that's fair yeah. game. Okay, just check. Here's the thing. I mean, I was I was raised like that. I mean, uh-huh. 
sometimes it could have been borderline abuse, but, um, you know, I don't know. I think back of my childhood and I think, well, I think they were keeping me alive. Like that was their job. They were, you know, I think there's a fine line. I think it, I don't know. Well, shifting gears, I I have another question. Um, this is more, and this is something we experienced recently. So, um, because we've had this conversation, but I'm curious to curious to see what your thoughts are on this. So a two-part question. Uh, the first part is when you're raising kids, when do you have the talk with them about sex? And the second question is, is that conversation different from boys and girls in the ages sex that you... Sex is sex. Um, <laughs> dang. You, I'm ask curious, some, you ask some tough questions. It's my job, dude. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm telling you. Uh, okay, so let me put my thinking cap on. Mm, this is a tough one because boys start touching at a very young age <laughs> and we teach our boys to go to the bathroom and hold themselves. And so what do you know? There's a toy. Um, <laughs> I think that I think there's a difference between having the birds and the bees conversation versus this is your body and it's private. Mm-hmm. OK, those are two different conversations. OK. I think that we teach our children that their body is theirs and that they don't want to be touched by other adults. And that just, I'm sorry, but we have a lot of problems in the United States with people touching kids. Mm -hmm. And I really, it's, it's because we haven't taught children that no is a complete sentence. Yeah. Well, and also I think too, it's important to you and I'm going to butcher this word, but um, anatomically, Right. Correct. Yes. Verbiage. Yep. Is to be used and not like. It's your. Not yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever. Right. Like yeah. being crystal clear about like right. your what anatomy and what it is and what mm-hmm. it's called. Um, because, you know, a four year old can properly communicate that to somebody mm-hmm. if there's a problem and yep. learn the right words versus if they're, you know. Right. It's, it's my cookie or something like, I don't know. Yep. But I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I think that I think it's really important to have that kind of toy. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. my sister had a frog with a penis and I thought this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like, I've never seen a frog with a penis. That's funny. <laughs> like, it's like this is awesome. But I mean, they don't make toys like that. Like you got to actually you have to do some research to find things like that. Like I said, we underestimate the intelligence of children and there is nothing wrong with teaching our kids that this is their body parts. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to introduce your leg, there's other things you can introduce. You know, that's just how I feel about it. But I think the sex about the talk about sex comes way later. I'm sorry. That that that's a conversation you have when they're really capable of having some in-depth conversations and they recognize the privacy of their body. Mm. That's a conversation you have when they're seven, eight, nine, ten, older. Okay. You know, seven, that is eight, not yeah, when, yeah. yeah. Because sex is an act. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's an that's a behavior. That is not something I want to talk to my child that doesn't understand what that is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. mm-hmm. my what I've been told is that the correct time to talk to your kid about sex is before someone else does. Uh, well, here's the thing. That is we don't know when that's going to be. Exactly. Let's be honest. I mean, 
<laughs> my daughter's right. going to kill me for this story, but hey, guess what? It's Shellyville and I get to say whatever I want. But I remember when my daughter was a first grade, someone on the bus wanted to see her underwear. Hmm. Okay. She didn't know that that was wrong. Yeah. She got in super trouble and she was like, what did I do? And I'm like, well, first of all, it's not show and tell on the bus. But it's like, that's, you're right. Like I should have, could have, would have had a conversation with her, but who would have ever thought on the school bus at first grade that I had to be concerned about that. So I don't, I don't even know if there is a right answer. You know? well, we both grew up in like super conservative, like sheltered homes mm-hmm. with like good parents and stuff. And the one thing that is painfully like we were able to be like sheltered from a lot of noise in the outside world mm-hmm. um, for the most part. Um, but I wasn't so lucky. Yeah. But like we're also like very aware <laughs> that that is not the case with living in Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. living in the city. Um, Claire goes to a public school like there's. Mm-hmm like that's just not realistic. Right. So it's, it's a weird dynamic where you, you almost, you want like as a parent, you want to protect and nurture and shelter them from the bad things that are in the world. But, but when at the did, same when time, did our like, bodies become bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's the saddest thing is now we're telling kids that your body's wrong or that there's something wrong with mm-hmm. you because you're interested. Sex is the most natural, normal, instinctual thing we have. Right. It is our survival mechanism. So we screwed kids by telling them right and wrong, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but I think you're right. I don't, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what that age is, but I think it's when you feel like right. you can have a conversation with your kids and you're right. talking about the body and you're having that conversation. Has anybody ever touched you? Does anyone make you feel uncomfortable? Like those are questions we don't talk about enough, but I think that we need to start having those uncomfortable conversations with our kids at young ages. For sure. And I think it the imp- the most important thing is not necessarily the the context of the conversations. I feel like it's more so the your your you as a parent are addressing these things but like hopefully before they become issues. Mm-hmm. And you have these uncomfortable conversations when there's nothing at stake or there's nothing on the line. Oh, absolutely. But this this is a great conversation driving down the highway. Yeah. This exactly. is like you're in the back seat. That is a that is an attentive child that is listening yep. to everything that you say. Yeah, That's for my sure. Favorite place to have a conversation. <laughs> Strap yeah. them in the car. They can't go anywhere. <laughs> they can't go anywhere. You're making them uncomfortable. Mom, stop. <laughs> Stop talking. That's yeah. let, that's when you know you hit a nerve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mom, stop. But yeah. <laughs> Got anything? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I'm not like overbearing and not letting you talk. Oh no, no. That's my personality. And sometimes <laughs> I have to and we did very much dial it. So yeah. happy to have you on yeah. Shelly Rose. So, so happy to have you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um no, I Thank you for sharing all of that perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Claire is just now at the age where she's, you know, she has friends at school and Mm -hmm. she's in a classroom with first through third graders because she's in a Montessori classroom, Okay, um, which is great for most reasons, Mm -hmm. but she is with some older kids. And that's where, and they pick it up and it's, and it's conversation. So the best part about your daughter is you can ask her, Hey, what did you hear today? Like, yeah. you know, you can, what's going on in the classroom, you know? Yeah. And, and be prepared, I guess, that way. But I don't know if we're ever really prepared for what our kids tell us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like something that kind of spurred this question was Claire 
told us that one of her friends in school um, told her to never say 69 because it makes babies. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, I didn't think, oh man, I love it. Um, Alrighty then. I was like, you oh. know, uh, physiologically, that's not how that works actually yes. in, in that way. Um, but, so that's just it. How much education I'm, do you give your child when they think that they know the answer already? Yeah. Wow. So that was, <laughs> yeah, something that we actually just handled yesterday. <laughs> and how old is your daughter again? She's seven. Oh, see, that's what I'm telling you. Five, six. Oh, yeah. This is happening at way. The thing is, I think it's cool that she felt comfortable enough to say that to repeat what was told that she couldn't say yeah there's a secret so you got a good connection with your child right there we had to pull it out a little bit well that's okay because she's probably thinking i don't know what this means you know yeah (laughs) yep but i think it's just important to establish that that connect that like that safety net of like you can say what Mm -hmm. happened and because Mm -hmm. the last thing you want to do is get upset about them telling you something because then in their brain they're like, all right, well, that's the last time I'm ever going to tell them the truth again. That is what I hear so often repeated over and over again. Every time I went to tell my mom something, she didn't listen. She got mad at me. I wasn't allowed to be angry. I wasn't allowed to have a voice. I wasn't allowed to be critical. I wasn't allowed to say, you know, we couldn't bring up sex. I mean, I, (laughs) I don't know if you can tell or not, but as my Italian family, (laughs) Sex was a topic that we all discussed. I mean, it it was just an open conversation. And I think when you're raised with open conversations, you don't have that taboo. Mm -hmm. It's not something that's scary or dark or forbidden. It was just so natural and normal that I didn't know it was a problem. (laughs) I thought it was, hey, isn't everybody (laughs) like this? Come on, you know, but (laughs) apparently not conservative people I don't know it wasn't wasn't my thing yeah <laughs> and I think my mom and dad tried to protect us by sending us to catholic school like that was going to be sad <laughs> but that's another topic that's another Shellyville yeah. I promise yeah tomato potato it's the same thing ah, that's it but, mm-hmm. but I love that your daughter feels safe to talk to you that's what it's about it's yeah. literally what it's about yeah um, I guess kind of going off of that, I mean, she has that safe space, but there are times where it's, she'll tell me something mm-hmm. and it is hard to not get angry because I'm like, why are we revisiting this again? You know, whether it's lying or something mm-hmm. and she ends up telling me the truth. Um, how do you deal with mom anger? Oh, mama anger is such <laughs> a beautiful thing. To bottle it and sell it as perfume. <laughs> oh, I know it would make money. God, it's so real. Yeah. It's so real. And we feel so guilty for being angry or having a natural, normal response to something that bothers us. <laughs> like we're not supposed to have anger. Of course we are. Here's the thing. You can have that emotion and you can have that anger. What you cannot do is express that towards your child. So here's the thing. It's really hard to say that makes me upset right now. Let me take some, I need to think about it. Mm-hmm. Because again, everything that we're teaching our children when we react like that is that it's okay to have that reaction. But there's times when we need to check ourselves. Mm-hmm. And a mom anger is a perfect example of I need to walk in the other room. I need to go like clean something. <laughs> I need to take a minute. 
because you deserve a minute. You deserve a minute to sit with what's making you angry and you deserve to honor your own emotions before you address that with your child. So it's real. That is so validating. Thank you. You're welcome, honey. (laughs) So true. And I think daddies have anger too. I, I hear a lot of men that get angry and frustrated and you know, I'm so stressed out and I do all this and I do all that. Well, you know what? So does the mom. It's like, hello, you're both in the same boat. Yeah. You're not swimming in different directions. You are in the same boat. We are trying to raise responsible, loving adults, and we are entitled to feel our emotions. We just cannot act on them in a violent way. Mm-hmm. So your emotions are valid, but not in a way that hurts your child. Yeah. So if you feel like you're too angry, walk away. Take a time out. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, we'll wrap up with one last. Do you have any? Do you have anything that you wanted to specifically talk about, or was it my job just to pepper <laughs> you with questions? <laughs> you were to pepper me. No, I did want to bring up. I really did want to bring up some really good parenting books out there. If you haven't um, done research, anything by the Love and Logic is a. It's a Love and Logic is a really big one that I've heard a lot. Elegant parenting. Those what to expect when you're pregnant books also are what to expect your toddler years. I think it's really important, like I said, that we undervalue how smart children are, but we would be better informed if we knew where our kids were developmentally. So I always got those books so I would know, okay, he's this age. These are the things that he should be able to do. These are the things that he's not able to do. Once you're educated about where your kids are at, I think you are you're able to meet them where they're at. So you don't have higher expectations of what your kids even capable of doing. Mm. So I really like that. And again, I think we need to just discipline is love. Violence is violence. And I don't care where you look at it. Violence is violence, but discipline is love. And discipline is being able to say, I don't want you to do that because I love you enough that I don't want you to get hurt. Mm. So recognize where your disciplining is coming from. And that's really, those are the things that I really wanted to get across with parenting is that we're parenting in moments of emotion and our emotions are just as valid as our child, but kids learn how to regulate their emotions by how well their parents do. Mm -hmm. So if you're having a temper tantrum, welcome to your 16 year old having a temper tantrum because you're going to just keep teaching that child how to behave. Mm. If you don't want your child to be misbehaved, you got to get your own self under control. And that's really what parenting is all about. Coming from a loving place, knowing that it's hard and knowing that you have girlfriends to go talk to, your <laughs> friends to talk to, you shut the door. Like, again, successful. They are alive. Like, I yeah. kept them alive. They might have cried for six hours, but they're alive. I gave <laughs> them some food. Like, that's it. I bad them, you know, like, these are the basics. We just want to make sure that we take care of the basics. So, but parenting is a very special thing. And um, I really appreciate you guys having me out and, and wanting to ask me these questions. Yeah. Kind of fun. Yeah. What about my parenting? <laughs> we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective and your wisdom with us. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's Jellyville and her wisdom. <laughs> call it wisdom. Call it free therapy. Call it what it's you free want. free therapy. So, I get that. Yeah. That's awesome. It is. So if you do want to reach out to me at Shellyville, you can reach me at Pod at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, you want to do the outro? No. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry. Awesome. Well, thanks y'all for tuning in and have a great night. Thank you.